1: DIO 2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, latest edition.
2: Welcome in. Welcome in. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a road of podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm, of course, Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everybody that you can get that listener's only 10% discount, RV Radio 2022. It's your subscription that keeps the content awesome on this podcast channel. Um, I want to remind everybody to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. If you haven't been participating the last um, whatever we've been doing, it, about a month and a half now or so. Um, There's no draft in this. There's no salary cap. It's a weekly game, and you get to pick your own lineup. You can only pick one player per NFL team, like the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge. Um, If you want to play the classic format with kickers and defenses, you get 12 players. If you want to play the slim format without kickers and defenses, you get 10 players. You just got to submit up before kickoff for those 1 o'clock games on Sunday. Uh, You can only pick one player per team, like I said. Uh, which makes it a little bit more compelling. You can play for as little as $35. You can play for as much as $200. Um, We have 30-team formats, 100-team formats, or you want to play in the 10-team winner-take-all format. You beat out the other nine people, you will get a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event, so you can play for a $1 million, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, Without further ado, let's bring in this evening's guest. This is a special bonus episode of the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown this week. I will not be around to do the show next Tuesday. So you're getting two RotoViz shows this week. And I will have more on that coming up uh, at the end of the program. But right now, let's bring in our special pre Monday Night Football episode guest tonight. He is the 28th team, uh, 20th place team, uh, week nine team in the Football Guys Players Championship. You follow him on Twitter at Sisson. That's S Y S Y N. It is Eric Sisson. Eric, welcome into the program, man. Eric, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. We're going to talk a, a lot of a lot of fantasy football. So we're coming up on crunch time now for everybody who's trying to make the playoffs in the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship. We're going to talk a little to Sean Watson. We're going to talk about the 49ers uh, skill position players. I don't know. I've never asked you this. Are you a fan of any NFL team in particular?
3: I am a Patriots fan. Yes. Patriots. I'll probably have okay. to apologize to about 98% of your, your audience for that. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> but uh hey, I'm, I'm,
2: we are who we are man we are who we are don't change your. currently in, currently
3: in new hampshire visiting mom and dad for dad's 80th birthday so I was born born in, new, born in new england and um yes uh yeah grew up a patriots fan kind of got lucky we hit that band with like 25 years ago some brady guys showed up and then i don't know everyone started winning championships
2: so the rest is history it happened yeah, yeah. it happened right and don't, ap- don't apologize for it okay promise. <laughs> All right. So, so we get in, we knew that Zach Ertz had a a knee injury yesterday. Now we find out from Ian Rappaport today that it's expected to be a season ending injury. And a lot of times we'll have guests come on and I'm like, oh man, what are you going to do? How are you going to combat that? But, you know, looking at your squad, this is not, I mean, you have an embarrassment of riches at tight end. Tyler Conklin, who's had a lot of big games this year. Juwan Johnson, who's really coming on the last few weeks. And then of course, Cole Komet. Couldn't find the end zone in 2021, and he's living in the end zone in 2022. So, yeah. I guess the two part question here. Um, number one, who are you most confident in? Like, are you confident in all these guys continuing this trajectory that they're on right now? And then, number two, how are you going to figure out which guy to start? Um, because your, your roster is loaded at running back and receiver as well. How are you going to figure out which guy to start week by week basis here with these three guys?
3: I don't think I'll start hurts uh we'll we'll start there that one I got that one down um I was doing a little research I I, honestly I have to admit I'm a terrible tight end drafter I I never get my chance to grab Kelsey and then after that you just say okay I'm dodging this for 10 rounds and I'm gonna go find athletic dudes that probably used to play basketball or do something and can run and catch and just do something please because it's so touchdown dependent so I'm always out there doing really stupid things which I hope are smart but a dollar, dollar free agent bidding, dollar here, dollar here, three weeks before I hope someone else figures it out. I'll hmm. grab this guy. I'll grab this guy. I'll grab that guy. And you hold them. And if you have a decent enough team where you can hold those two, three extra roster spots, then you try. Cause I mean, tight end, as we all know, is, it's a mess, but if you hit tight end in the right spot, you're, it's a huge advantage. I mean, just ask any Kelsey owner that is lucky enough to see him slide to six or seven this year and just says, Oh God, here, here I go. I'm getting my, 32 points and running from there. Uh this week's gonna be a really easy decision. Um Pats are coming off a bye. I won't play any, I would never play Conklin against Belichick coming off mm-hmm. a bye in in Foxborough. It's just it's suicide. And I believe Johnson's playing the Rams, which I think are really tough against. I think they're in the top five as far as uh defending the tight end. So we're gonna roll with with uh Cole Komet and mm-hmm. you know we'll see how it goes i mean of course now that i'm starting him this week that'll we know what that'll mean he'll you know <laughs> two catches for nine yards but uh yeah we're gonna go with it and see if hopefully it uh you know the trend continues but uh so the decision was made very easy by the defenses that they're playing the other guys right. and losing zach Zach, but he can you know zacharis was great for what 10 weeks mm-hmm. i can't really complain too much
2: yeah, and, and I was looking at your team before the show. So you drafted Ertz, and I feel like your second tight end was Albert O'Quavenom from Denver, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so that means we're – we're and I don't I, I don't want to uh, put words in your mouth. Were Conklin, Johnson, and Komet all free agent pickups then?
3: I know Johnson was. I know Komet was.
2: Conklin maybe Conklin the the Yeah, draft had to, or... he had to. You know what?
3: He had to have been because, honestly, I don't even think I knew who he was <laughs> until probably – the first week of September. You know, I mean, I'm sure someone on Boston Talk Radio that I was listening to over this, you know, stream was yelling about his name at some point. But yeah, no, I, I didn't know who he was. I thought they had had, uh, wasn't it CG Ozama that was supposed to be their tight end in the mm-hmm. preseason? Yeah. And that just didn't pan out. Or maybe he got hurt or something. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Like I said, tight end is not my area of expertise.
2: Okay, but it, it's not your area of expertise, but I think that this is a lesson for people out there because I think a lot of people get burned on tight end if they don't go with the you know top three. It always seems like there's three or four elite guys every single year, and if you don't get one of those, they you, they have to take a similar approach to what you did where you're trying to t- take chances on small bids on these guys a week before they blow up, right? And if you do it and you do it properly, maybe you hit on one or two. It seems like you hit on three, utilizing that strategy.
3: Hindsight's twenty twenty, but if I could go back to you know early September, I think that team was drafted on September 5th, I would just go grab some super high-end quarterback in the top five or six rounds, like a Hertz or a Josh Allen or whatever you have you. And that, I don't think a tight end would see my roster until – honestly, I think I dropped a defense before I took a tight end. At that mm. point, it would have gone defense kicker, then tight end, tight end, and just said, "Hey, we'll figure this out." It's <laughs> it's it's come to that. I mean, well, I think the rest of my roster is waiver wire tight ends.
2: So, so it's yeah. Mm-hmm. So so let me ask you this: w- w- in regards to you mentioned Jalen Hurts, you've been mm-hmm. riding that wave all season in this league, mm-hmm. right? And 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 into the top thirty overall out of nearly fifteen thousand teams. Um, mm-hmm. You also have Deshaun Watson on your roster. Now, I wasn't sure if this was a pickup or if this is a guy you drafted late, when you have Jalen Hurts, why is it still important to roster a guy like Deshaun Watson?
3: Uh, well, I mean, people get hurt, which sucks. It's the reality of football, and um, running quarterbacks are going to take big hits. Mm-hmm. The a couple of years ago, I, I got – I did really well in the, tur- the tournament and just out of the blue, Doug Baldwin, I think it was six, seven years ago, just went ballistic. You probably remember this. And everyone yep, said, like, who D- Who is Doug Baldwin? I said, I don't even know who he is, but he's on my team. And he's I, at some point I was sixth overall after with going to the final week said, okay, this is a lesson to be learned. You need to have a hot hand. And if someone like a, Deshaun Watson is going to become available to you for a dollar. This is not exaggeration. I think I got him maybe for two because I was assume someone's going to be smart enough to bid. At one what list.
2: point? How long have you had him? Just curiously. Roughly four weeks. Okay. Four All weeks. Right. Five yeah. weeks. Keep going. I'm sorry.
3: And and this is I mean the the lesson of being well just two two full, two stories of the lesson is one if you you're lucky enough to draft really well in the first say ten picks you have the luxury of having open roster spots and you can hold people. Now, that is also a byproduct of not having injuries. This particular team that we're talking about has really been injury-free. The only thing that has messed up this team has been this idiot owner that cut Justin Fields probably five weeks ago. Right. You know, because he wasn't going to do anything, right? But um, (laughs) I figured, well, I have this embarrassment of riches, a quarterback, you know, we'll throw in Daniel Jones. He's going to do good occasionally. And he he did, and Mm -hmm. he's done fine. But who, I mean, this Fields guy is not going to do anything, correct? I, I think, Yes, he? No, he doesn't do anything.
2: I, I was of the same <laughs> opinion as you, and I believe he is still rushing for another touchdown currently.
3: Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a single FFPC platform other than the best
2: balls. You, you, know, you know, I'll just bring this up real quick. This is one of the worst things. I mean, if this is one of the worst things ever to happen to me in fantasy, I've I've, I've had a pretty good career. Um, that when he had the 170 yards, not this past week, but I think, was it last mm-hmm. week that he had the 170 yards? Yeah. So I was talking to my buddy about this. I'm like, oh, sweet. I picked Fields up because I had somebody on a bye or somebody was hurt. Um, I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, awesome. Well, at least I got Fields on that roster. And then I did a search of all my leagues. I didn't have fields anywhere. I, I spent that whole Sunday thinking I had fields going somewhere. And then I had them going nowhere. It was one of the biggest gut punches. I'm like, how did I miss this? So frustrating. It's,
3: it's, I look at the team now with Komet, and I say, God, had I just. Ugh. I mean, thankfully, the quarterback position is not something I'm remotely worried about. Mm-hmm. But had it, you know, had I been stuck with a Brady or Rodgers or whatever, I would have really been upset.
2: But um, it's turned out okay. It has turned out okay, for sure. Um, McCall Hardman did not play this week, but he was mm. very good last week. Now, the problem is um, Kadarius Tony looked pretty good this past week. Mm. I know the Smith-Schuster injury could figure into your response here, mm. but for anybody who's looking to start Hardman this coming week in week 11 when they take on the Chargers, how much trepidation should there be given that Tony looked pretty good in, in his first real full game, his first real game with a full week of practice?
3: I would say quite a bit. I mean, you have to consider a couple of things. One is Harbin has a abdomen injury, I believe, mm-hmm. and I mean, stretching, running, moving. I pulled an abdomen once skiing. I, I just remember I I wanted to cry for about two months. It was it's not a fun thing to do. I can't imagine having guys trying to chase me down and you know knock my head off while I'm trying to do this. It's not going to be a good idea. Tony is a high end talent. You know, he was drafted what I believe what 20th overall, mm-hmm. I think. At one point first overall player, work,
2: it, first round pick but yes go yeah
3: going. it didn't work out in new york for i mean every story we've all heard but the, you can't doubt the gentleman's talent i mean he i believe i saw something the other day that a man-to-man coverage he's top five in the entire league as far as separation he's, he's not getting covered i mean he hopped in on one leg in the end zone the other day and i'm pretty sure he did that just to show off yeah but it looked cool <laughs> and then combine that with the fact that juju's out juju is playing on the slot i think tony's going to play on the slot a little bit more than hardman would just because they're two different types of players and maybe pat's got a new toy i mean who knows but eh, i would not want to go down that hardman road if you if you look at the targets i took a peek um earlier at the targets that um he threw he threw 40 times against the jaguars which is i think is a low number for them because they oh. had a the game in hand but I think MBS saw about 36 of them and, you know, it dwindles down from there, but you're not getting Tony, I think was at 16 or I had wrote it down. So, uh, Tony had 17 targets. Juju had 16 before he got knocked out of the game and they brought in, I'm sure Sky Moore shows 10. So what are we looking at here? It, I'm not seeing a, a role for Hardman. Mm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I would be concerned. And it, it which really stinks because I have McCall on more dynasty teams than I care to admit. And um, he was finally seeming to break out of, you know, 19 point something points last week, three touchdowns the week before. Said, okay, well, maybe the patience is paying off. Well, now you got to deal with an injury. And I mean, I wouldn't start a guy, an abdomen injury. I wouldn't really feel comfortable rolling with a guy if you have, if you have better options, obviously.
2: As a New England Patriots uh, fan, you should remember this. There was a few years ago, maybe more than a few, where the Patriots had Rob Gronkowski, they had Aaron Hernandez, they had Brandon Lloyd, and I believe it was Wes Welker at the time, those four guys. Mm -hmm. All four of them in FFPC drafts were going in like the first three, maybe four rounds. And Mm -hmm. Dave Gerzak, my my former HSFFR co-host, was adamant. He's like, one of these guys is going to bust. They cannot all pay off. At, at their current ADP, well, it ended up being Brandon Lloyd was the boss. I but I bring this up because of the Niners situation this year. So now, in addition to starting the season with um Ayuk and Kittle and Debo Samuel, now they have Christian McCaffrey in that backfield as well, mm-hmm. which is good for the Niners and good from a real NFL standpoint, but for fantasy. Are we looking at sort of like, it? you know, George Kittle had, had what What was it, like four points yesterday, five points last he year? He had
3: two targets and one reception, which yeah. is not it, good. It's
2: not good. And and no. I got to wonder, like, that's not going to happen to Kittle every week, but it's going to happen no. to somebody because not th- these guys just can't pay off big time for fantasy owners. Um, is this sort of the attitude that we have to take if we have a Niner skill position player? I mean, I know McCaffrey is probably going to be the highest volume guy uh, of that but Debo Samuel didn't have a great night. I mean, this is a situation that I think we have to have new realistic expectations for what Mm -hmm. these guys are going to do on a day-to-day or on a week-to-week basis.
3: Well, it kind of comes down to what did you pay for the individual, the player at the time of your draft or buy a few agent dollars? Mm -hmm. And where are you placing them? Is this your WR1 your WR2, or is this your second flex on a week with six teams on the buy? Now, I have Ayuk on a bunch of teams. Uh, he's the fourth, you know, the second flex, fourth wide receiver, we'll call it. And that's cool. You know, you're not too worried about that because he's makes some big plays. He had a good game after dropping the touchdown last night. But some people drop, I believe, probably what, third, fourth round pick on Kittle? And you see him get two targets, that hurts. A lot of people I know took Debo in the late second. Yep. I, I, be, I being one of them. And <laughs> you're... <laughs> this is not a good scene. And I, I don't know how much the, you know, everyone on watching or yourself watched last night, but they seem to have this obviously I'm a Garoppolo fan for being a Patriots fan, but they're doing this inside run pass option handoff, where then Jimmy just looks off to the side and throws the ball. Like, like it's going into the 15th row and it's not fooling the cameraman. It's not fooling us at home. I don't really even know what the point of it is, but it, it looks really stupid actually. But the defense is not. They're getting paid millions of dollars. They've done this their whole life. They're not falling for this. They know mm-hmm. who's getting the ball. Now, if Debo wasn't looping around seven yards behind Jimmy and just, you know, probably grabbing a popsicle for all I know, maybe that would be believable. But I was watching it time after time last night, saying, "Come on, man! You got these superstar players out here. It make it make it believable. If if we can't believe it on the television at home, and we're I'm, I'm laughing at it with my friends." is it really going to fool a guy that's done his entire life who is at the top of his game? I, I'm not, I'm thinking probably not.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think you raised a good point uh, with that as well. And, and that was a game that they came back and went, like we saw the graphic last night when um, uh, Garoppolo was being interviewed that now he goes to 10 and two in games. He starts uh, and doesn't throw a touchdown, which it, it, like I went on Twitter and looked and every day had the same joke. This is a guy who, Contributed nothing to his group project, and he still got an A on it. You know, like that is Garoppolo yes. in a nutshell, right now. It's crazy. He was a
3: he was a charmed lifestyle. I can give him
2: that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. So I don't. This, this, one of the things I like to do on this program is ask unfair questions of our of our guests, and you're you're no different. I'm going to ask you an unfair question right now. Ramondre right. Stevenson, mid round pick. He's blowing up. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, you got him in 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 numerous leagues of yours. Um, he's blowing up. He was a mid-round pick. Number one, why did we let those players slip as far as we did? And here's the unfair part. How do we avoid making mistakes like that in the future? How do we avoid letting a p- potential league winners like these guys slip to the ninth, 10th, 11th rounds?
3: Um, What's that saying? All oh, Remember the no fear days and all that? They say like, be bold or yeah. go big or go home or all that? Yeah
2: no People, fear nice I, no I, fear i,
3: reference. I, mean, I like fear. yeah i'm 50 so i can reference the no fear 90s <laughs> stuff the
2: whole, um, um, the whole oh, co-ed naked whatever co-ed oh naked yeah, bowling yeah. That, that was the other big one around no fear i remember that someone's
3: too. on the beach in hawaii laughing at selling those t-shirts <laughs> to everyone but good for them i i think honestly i i know the Patriots situation as well as i think i could and the Patriots situation was a project, a, a product of diversity. There's just too many miles to feed. You had, in the past, you had Rex Burkett, James White, Brandon Bolden, mm. you know, then Jarvis Green-Ellis, if you want to go really far back. And then, you know, it transferred over to Damien Harris. They brought in Ramonde. And then what did they do last year? They draft two rookies. And everyone's just saying, well, what am I going to do here? I, I Enough. Enough is enough. You can all be really talented players, but for our purposes in fantasy, maybe you're not. Mm-hmm. and Damian's been hurt, which is unfortunate. And Ramondre, I think, is a lot better than people even remotely realized. He's just really good. And the rookies, I don't think either one of them has even been on the game time squad for maybe more than a game or two. I mean, I'm, I'm usually trying to find him for 200 bucks in DFS and hoping that there's a blowout, but it's uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen. So for the Patriots, I would say it goes by fear and also common sense. I mean, do you really want to you know, go the team that passes 20 times and has five receivers that split the pie? And probably not with Walker. It's common sense. I think everyone that passed on Walker probably did the right thing. Mm-hmm. You have a team that was supposed to go 0 16 or two and 14 and have the number one pick. And you have a guy who was not proven to be a pass catcher in college who maybe profiled as a first down, second down running back. Who was behind Penny? Who killed it last year at the end of the season? And got his little nice one-year, what do you got, six million dollar contract? So Seattle committed to him for the one season. Now they grafted Walker early, but as on, from our point of view, you're thinking it's going to one take an injury, which with Penny was actually we should have assumed that was going to happen, obviously because it happened every single year. Right. But then you also to to assume that Seattle was actually going to be in a game and. I, I would love to meet anyone that told me that Seattle was going to be six and four or whatever they are. And it, a million years, I was never taken that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And do you really want to draft a young running back? Who's number two, who doesn't catch passes until the other day? We now realize he can catch passes. It, it, everything that we thought, which probably proves that we don't know anything
2: yeah.
3: is uh, it didn't happen. It just didn't. So um, I'm glad I got him in the 10th round. Right. I do and remember I, watching the Michigan State game where he just went ballistic last year against, I don't even know who, but he dropped like four touchdowns on someone. Yeah. And I said, I don't know who this kid is, but wow, I'm going to squeeze him in on some team next year. And basically that's what happened.
2: And I guess what I'm hearing here is kind of what I expected. These are specific situations that very few people, if any, could have predicted. And it's just kind of like, getting fortunate in the mid rounds, which is what we're looking for in, in these national tournaments. There's, there's really no way to predict that a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, who is in a, an incredibly crowded backfield would be the guy to pick. There's really no way, you know, you think about too, Chris, Car- when did Chris Carson retire? Because I think we had drafts going on before he announced his retirement. And then it was Penny Carson and um, Kenneth Walker in that backfield. Yep. So it, it's just one of those things. Like if, if, you're fortunate it pays off sometimes it doesn't pay off but there's really no rhyme or reason into trying to to, to pin down these guys Of like, okay this is going to be the guy in this situation this year because we just don't know
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: It's a good it's a good lesson too. I have a lot of friends that I play with in home leagues who I've tried to recruit to come out to Vegas or say, hey, you know, jump in a main event with me. I'll split the team with you, a thousand bucks each, whatever. Or why don't you jump into a football guys for three fifty? and I said, I'm going in the pool with a bunch of sharks. And I say, listen, there's people that do well. I mean, yeah, do a little bit of research. I'm not saying you don't have to be a rocket science Francis or anything like that, but you know, do your research, figure this out. But when it comes down to the tournament of three weeks of here comes the gong show, you don't know what's going to go on. Your, your quarterback could blow his knee out. You could do this. The next thing, you know, you're getting handed a half million dollar check and everybody's happy. It's um. I, I've tried to say this to people, but I think they just want to go to Vegas just to party. So yeah. just you know, I'll uh, I'll do the drafting for them, and they'll just probably hit the machines at the tables. Which, which <laughs> yeah, which I way. mean,
2: everybody everybody has a great time either way, you know, and, yeah, and that's fun. the way to look at it. Um, J.K. Dobbins, speaking of crowded backfields uh, in Baltimore, it's Gus Edwards, it's Justice Hill, um, now uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, obviously when JK Dobbins does come back. What what are what are we expecting for a workload? Is this guy ever going to be startable without some injuries, some more injuries in that in that Ravens backfield?
3: I don't think anyone can answer that question other than probably JK Dobbins, but I, I do know this is um, having the luxury of a healthy roster and having some space. When I saw him get dropped in the league, I just said, you know what, did my research I'm the football guys, uh, you know, Dr. Bramon, Gene was saying,
2: mm-hmm.
3: Week 12 on, fine, done. Two bucks, three bucks, whatever the heck it was. Put them away, and if, if I need the roster space eventually, I'll cut them, and maybe I'll have to cut them after the point where no one can get them back, anyways. And I just played defense. Uh, I think it was it Bill Parcells that always used to say, to "The Patriots is you'll win your division, hats and T-shirt day. You're not going to the tournament unless you come in, you know, a certain space in your 12 man league." Mm-hmm. So you can have the greatest team you ever think you had, but if you're the fifth greatest team you thought you had, guess what? You're not going. Yeah. Actually, I don't, sometimes you're not even the third greatest team. You're not going. So concentrate on winning that. And I didn't want – and same thing with Deshaun Watson. I didn't want someone going, ha you know, look what I did, and you could have had this for a dollar and you had all this space. I mean, the guy – I mean, other than Justin Fields, which whatever it happens, there's guys I caught that I couldn't even tell you who they are. You know, like, oh yeah, he looked good. He hit, I mean, sure. Wonderful. Great. Kendrick Bourne. I'm mean, Yeah. Kendrick Bourne. I mean, great. Wonderful. I don't, think, I don't think the Patriots are going to cut him before I do next time. But uh, it's just, you know, put him on there and stash him and hope and pray. And sometimes you get lucky. Now, maybe Watson and Bourne, and uh, Dobbins are going to burn two holes in my roster. But if you have the blessing of health and no injuries and you got lucky in your first, say, 10, 11 picks, play that game and you know play against your competitors and keep keep away is a very strong way to win a game i mean how many people wishes wish they'd had justin Fields, even if they had pat mahomes how many people wish they had justin fields right now just so the guy wasn't dropping 50 points or 40 points on him when they play him next week it's true it's a great yeah. point
2: and, and i think like you know so often, especially when when we run into bye weeks with with sometimes six teams on bye or you get hit hard by injuries, we're always looking to improve our roster, but sometimes there is that added aspect, especially if you're playing in a 12-team, 20-man roster like the Football Guys Players Champion or the main event. There is a certain element of playing defense when these guys pop up and just to make sure. Maybe Dobbins does nothing for you um, the rest of the way, um, but at that same point you, you are – Assuring yourself that he's not going to do anything against you as long as he's on your team, which I think is underrated. Um, Fair. Clyde Edwards Lair, speaking of running backs, he gets and I'm I'm not uh, I, I I thought this is a misprint when I was looking at the Chiefs, uh Chiefs game. I did too. Four snaps. He played four snaps, two targets. He dropped both of them, or he didn't catch either one. I don't know if he dropped them. Um, but is he droppable now in all leagues? And I'll preface this by saying that. Isaiah Pacheco, a couple weeks ago, ascended to the top of the depth chart according to the Chiefs. Jarek McKinnon, the last at least two weeks, maybe three weeks, has been the guy getting the most snaps, the most touches in this backfield. And for some reason, I don't know, the Chiefs refused to part ways with Ronald Jones. So he is still on the roster, even though he's never getting in the games. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, droppable for you at this point?
3: Not this week. The They play the Chargers next week. Mm-hmm. and we both know what's going to happen in that game. Right. But everyone's going to think that the Chiefs are going to win. The Chargers are somehow going to pull a hat out of there. Hey, buddy. Going, they, keep, they're keep going, going to pull going. something I'm out sorry. of there. Keep going. Keep oh, going. they're keep gonna going to pull a rabbit out of their hat. That's no, no,
2: no, 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 no. Keep going.
3: I'm- um, they Pull a rabbit out of their hat, and what's going to happen is the game's going to be 52 to 48, and every one of us is going to say Oh God! They were down by 12 points in the fourth quarter, and all they did was dump off to Clyde the entire time, and he catches nine balls for 87 yards in the last, you know, 19 minutes of the game, and drops a touchdown, and we all look like idiots. Yeah. And Andy Reid saying, "Well, we dropped it in the first round for a reason." It's kind of one of those. It, I wouldn't drop him unless you absolutely need to go. I mean, it was a bye week coming up. I wouldn't do it. And I actually would start him this week if you're in a position where you say, uh oh, I need some help because it's the recipe is perfect. He's not going to play the Jets or the Titans next week. He's not going to play, you know, some Mud Bowl in who knows in Cleveland. He's going to, I don't know, are they playing the game in Kelly? Cali- oh, they're playing at Sofa, I believe.
2: Yeah, I'm looking it's, it up right now for, for verification, but I think you're right.
3: They're, they're playing at Sofa, yeah, because the Chargers were just on the road it's going to be perfect conditions and the ball is going to be flying everywhere. And I'm sure at some point, who knows if the Charger will have anyone to catch the ball that I don't know.
2: Yeah. And Everett went down uh, last night as well, which, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. So now they got Everett and Allen and Mike Williams concerns. Uh, That game is uh, it it is in Los Angeles and the total's already at 50 on that game. So, and and the other thing to keep in mind is, um, is he droppable? Yes, he's droppable, but probably not by 99% or at least 95% of teams out there. You got to keep him around. Injury to McKinnon, and injury to Pacheco could certainly change things. Or yeah. the wins of Andy Reid. You never know. And this is a guy who's done it before, too. Now, there's plenty of people at the start of the season that said, what he is doing right now is not sustainable. He's scoring touchdowns at an insanely great rate, um, so, yeah, and you take advantage of that, right, when it happens. But you had to know mm-hmm. that the downturn was coming. The downturn is here, and and now it's it's at it, you're at the point where you're trying to bank wins. Um, he might be a lottery ticket type guy, but you don't want to cut lottery ticket running backs um, ever, in yeah. my opinion. Like you always want to keep those guys around. Um, Cooper Cup, we we found out. We kind of knew last night that he was going to be out uh, for a while. And 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 the news we got today is that he is going to miss. I think that the, the official time frame was significant time, which doesn't sound good. Maybe that's two weeks. No. Maybe it's four weeks. Maybe it's six weeks. I don't know. But in the meantime, the dumpster fire that is the 2022 Los Angeles Rams, who is the beneficiary on this team now that with Cooper Cup out, does Allen Robinson finally return some value each and every week? is van jefferson going to start catching a lot of passes after he missed the first part of the season is tyler higby going to do what he was doing basically the first two months of the season and catching all these passes how do you see this shaking out in a rams offense without cooper cup
3: i think you just have to look back to the first part of the season which is it's pretty obvious that i know stafford wasn't the quarterback this past week but i think Higby went eight targets eight receptions correct basically went ham um stafford's already proven that he loves him I, I can't i personally i'm sure Alan robinson's a really nice person i can't <laughs> start him in my fantasy team i'm sorry i have him on one team I, I don't think he started since week two and um as far as van jefferson goes i mean that's a hit or miss one higby's getting targets i mean he's he's probably gonna clean up I'm, i have five ffpc dynasty teams higby's only on one of them when i got the question from you and heard about the uh the injury status i sent out four trade offers oh yeah i'm yeah uh, i'm 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 over one so far three non-responses but uh, we'll, we'll see what oh, happens.
2: at least we got a response on one of them that's that's yeah good yeah
3: it was i think it started with an f and ended with a u but it was it didn't it didn't go well it says i watched the news too <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, um, hey, i had to try and, <laughs> absolutely and, and i think you're right too i mean and yeah. and when stafford does come back i mean. It's not like this is a a, a Wolford-Higby uh, connection this season. There is there is a significant Stafford-Higby one. And betting against Allen Robinson certainly has been, if you're doing that, um, more often than not, you've been right this year. And um, it, it, Higby makes a lot of sense for me as well with, with no cup. Um, to draw something back to what we talked about at the top of the episode, um, with Zach Ertz now out in Arizona, I think he had like 40-some catches this year almost 500 yards. He was a significant part of that offense. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is a target hog. We all know that. What about Rondale Moore now? I mean, is Rondale Moore the type of guy that that is going to be like a top 25 guy? He he had a good game yesterday. Again, he got a lot of catches. Um, Is he the type of guy that you have to look for reasons not to start him because it's going to be so easy to start him?
3: I think the answer is most definitely. And I still don't understand why, because I had a friend of mine put me on to Rondell Moore and Devi League like four years ago. And I said, I have no idea who this guy is. He said, Dude, check out the squad. He's doing it. I think he went to Purdue or something like that. Purdue.
2: Absolutely. And
3: this is a super fast, insanely athletic person. So then he gets to Arizona and he doesn't do anything. Of course, I draft him in the first round on my 500 Dynasty League with the guys, <laughs> does zero. I, I have disclosure to everyone I'm the worst Dynasty player on the planet because there is a 100% zero patience factor in my life. So, you know, the dynasty players are patient. They wait, Mm -hmm. and they wait. No, no. I'm trading this guy usually after week four, gone. Give me someone else. And I somehow, for some reason, waited on Rondell Moore, and now I have him on a couple teams, and dynasty team, and he's paying dividends. Of course, I didn't start him this past week in the 500 because he had, what's his name, playing quarterback, Colt um McCoy called McCoy and then he kills it of course now I thought when he was doing well that when D hop came back that he was going to do bad because it was gonna be a target hog and everything was going to away complete opposite happens I think D hop has drawn all the coverage away and now Rondell Moore is running around now the fact that they don't really use the tight end that much in that system and the only tight end they have left is a is a rookie I'm assuming that they're going to have to drop a lot into the slot where Moore is going to be quick and agile. And you're going to have two guys. They're obviously going to put them on both sides of the formation. It's got to be good for him. I I don't see how it can't be. You know, it's one less one less mouth to feed, and he's ascending as much as anyone right now in the, in the league.
2: And and he's, Eno Benjamin released by Arizona today. So I saw again, that, that I, which I don't that, understand. Does that make any sense to you? I
3: I was listening to a Sirius Channel, and they were saying he was making like 250 grand. And I'm pretty sure that isn't putting a dent in the uh, the owner's pocket. I, no. I don't know what was going
2: on. You know,
3: maybe uh, well the beauty the cool beauty of it
2: over. yeah <laughs> well the beauty of it is we get hard knocks in season on HBO, which would premiered last week. That's right. So, so now maybe we'll get that. to maybe we'll get some some behind the scenes stuff. Not only the Zach <laughs> Ertz injury, but but did Eno Benjamin tick somebody off or something? And I guess the question is now, like you know, James Conner is no stranger. To the trainers' room, I had you know, you e, know, Benjamin in, in several leagues. Obviously, took advantage when Connor was out. Now, does this mean that that we have to start looking at you know, um, uh, lottery bids on guys like Daryl Williams and Keontae Igrum?
3: Well, here's the question: Is do you want to at this point in the season? I mean, you have to re- realize, especially from like uh, the main event and football guys tournament, how much room do you have? How much fab do you have? And how much do you need them? And then, so say you got four hundred and eighty-seven bucks left. Are you gonna go dump three twenty on Ingram? Which I bet you might take that because some I, when it gets late, you know how it is. Once people yeah. have money and they know they can't spend it much longer, oh, they're gonna go crazy. You know, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, they they go, I got torn to shreds for dropping two twenty on Cole Komet in the league that we're talking about, the leader league, and I was like, okay, sure, <laughs> sounds Hasn't. good. I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's working out. Clearly, it's working out. It's, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, this yeah. goes down. But yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someone who has a good team that's, you know, right on that 1-2 two, or 2-3 two, spot right now and says, I'm taking a shot at this, or I have $500 and I'm putting $250 on each of them. Why not? I mean, you're we're at the point now, we're going into week 11, where you were either going to get into the tournament and get into your playoffs, or you're going to go home.
2: What 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 if you have Connor in, in the football guys players championship and let's say you add Benjamin too? That cause that's where it gets tricky for me. Do I just let somebody else have him and I hope to increase my variance with a another lottery ticket, one injury away guy running back off the waiver wire? Or am I better off trying to lock up a guy like Ingram? Well, I know we
3: used to. I know before we added the 17th game, we used to, what, after the 10th week, I believe it was, you couldn't receive players back or 11th week? What is you, it now? The it, 11th it, week?
2: Right. Yeah. So if there's, once you cut a player, then they are locked yeah. the rest of the way. At, yeah.
3: After week 11, correct? After
2: week 11, I believe. Yeah. I have to so we have
3: it. one more week. So I would be the, I would, yeah, I'm pretty sure, because it used to be week 10. I think I, right. think I got that email. So definitely be a jerk and don't let get an no advantage to hold it for one more week. I mean, you have to. I mean, yeah. that's just again we go back to playing defense and it's common sense i, I used to draft tons of quarterbacks when i had a loaded team a few years back i remember i saw a bunch of quarterbacks who were available on the thing i took like four of them one time cut a bunch oh, of really? scraps took them all cut them all cut them all <laughs> and put them all back on and then just redrafted a bunch of wide, wide receivers that were going to hit and miss and everyone said, dude whereas all the all the, the quarterbacks I said oh you guys didn't want them they're not available anymore <laughs>
2: That's right. Sorry. That's what quite chess, you know. It's all about game theory when it comes down it's to, it, to
3: gotta, gotta win.
2: Um, all right. So final question here for you. Mm-hmm. And and I know we're still technically in week 10 because we're gonna have in, in probably a little bit less than an hour, we're gonna have mm-hmm. the um commanders and the Eagles go at it. Um, but if you mm-hmm. look at week eleven now for for lineups, the Seahawks and Buccaneers played in Munich, so they are on by this week. You won't have them available. The Dolphins, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Tua tagovailoa all those guys not going to be available to players. And Travis Etienne in Jacksonville, maybe Evan Engram, maybe Christian Kirk on a lot of teams. Those people are not going to be able to start them. So as we look at Week 11, is there any sleeper out there that you really like? And conversely, is there any stud that, that's out there that you, you think might be in for a bad week?
3: Yeah. To preface this, Week 11 has been my nightmare with this t- team we've been talking about mm-hmm. because I'm losing – a lot of talent, and I'm just happy that the team's been on a winning streak. And I'll, I'll absorb the pain and just see where it goes. But I would, as far as who I would go after as a sleeper, I would go right back to Higby. Mm-hmm. Would, I just think if you have him, Mon- he wasn't drafted, I believe, as anyone's tight end one. I would, no, I would take I him. So. I would, I, I can't imagine it being if you have him you're, and you're lucky enough to use him and roll with it, and then find other players that maybe. Was there an injury this week? Okay, so Zach Ertz has went down. Do you have Rondale Moore? You know, do you have, who's going to pick up the slack here? Because we're getting to that point where a lot of teams out there, five and four, six and three, four and five, you can't take another loss. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, it's not cutting time. And I Higby would be the one I would look at. As for who I would sit, it is, I would always look at the bye weeks and who's playing the home teams. And I think two of the best coaches and organizations right now have had a buy, are sitting at home, waiting for people to come in. I would not play anybody touching the Ravens or Patriots.
2: Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know?
3: And I think, I believe it's, what is it? I know the Jets are playing in New England, and I think the Panthers are playing in, um, I think the Panthers are playing in Baltimore. So if you have DJ Moore and you're expecting a lot, or if you're one of those people that went really crazy on Chuba Hubbard or Donta Foreman, you think you're actually going to get something out of the situation. Or god forbid you thought garrett williams was going to be the second coming of odell beckham jr <laughs>
2: right
3: i have news for you and trust me it's not going to happen on a bye week coming against either one of those teams and to, besides that though i would say this I, i'm a new englander i'm in new hampshire right now but i've spent since 2008 in colorado and sorry broncos fans i still can't stand your team or john elway but i will say this they play good defense and want to get rid of russell wilson but the defense is good josh jacobs i think is going to have a real big reality break Mm -hmm. going into denver this week i just don't see it going well that they're they're going to walk into a hornet's nest it's not going to go well
2: yeah and it's just not it's not going well in general in las vegas right now i mean eric carr was borderline crying uh, on the podium after the game just so emotionally invested i get the feeling that I get the feeling that not all the players. This is just my speculation. Not all the players are on the same page um, uh, and have different agendas going on there, which is not good for a football team. And now you have to go to Denver to play that defense. That's not a recipe. It's not going, it's
3: going well, and he's their ex coach, and I think there's a lot of bad blood probably flowing around. I just, if I had Josh Jacobs, I know he's probably carried a ton of teams, and I know yeah. I'm playing against him in a couple important games this week, next coming week, which I'm pretty psyched about. And uh, I just, I just don't see it happening. They're, they're going to shut him down.
2: And I think you're right, and I think he's a tough sit. But after the game, uh, you know, especially if you have three really good running backs, maybe Jacobs is a guy that you could look at at sitting, um, especially if you have the roster to do it. To your point about Higby, um, Tyler Higby in the FFPC main event. Shout out to Fantasy Mojo, FantasyMojo.com, Darren Armani, uh, his great website, we could, which you should subscribe to if you are an FFPC player. For anybody watching, Tyler Higby, the last couple of days of the FFPC main event. Um, This would have been Saturday and Sunday of week one. He was drafted on average as the tight end 16 in the late 11th round. So you're right. Nobody was drafting him as their starter unless they really waited on tight end, which you probably shouldn't have done. Um, you probably should, if you want to have success in the FFPC, is watch this podcast. Listen to what Eric Sisson is saying uh, because he's been there. He's done that. He's had a lot of success. And I really thank you for coming on on a special episode early tonight. On Monday, pregame episode, which was awesome to have you on. Good luck the rest of the way in all your leagues, too, not just the the, the team you got in the top 30. I know you got a lot of teams in contention, not only there, but your dynasty leagues as well. And uh, we will do this again sometime. Uh, Thank you so much, Eric.
3: Most definitely, Eric. See you in Vegas soon. Thank you you very much. Absolutely. Eric
2: Sisson, ladies and gentlemen, you follow him on Twitter, at Sisson, that's S-Y-S-Y-N. And, of course, uh, uh, we wish him nothing but the best of luck uh, based on all the insight that he gave us tonight. I do want to thank, as we close out uh, the program, number one, Rotaviz, the FFPC, Eric Sisson, and of course, each and every one of you for watching, listening, streaming this. Um, we, we certainly appreciate it. Remember to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There is no draft. There is no salary cap in this. Uh, you just choose 10 players if you want to play the slim format, 12 players if you want to play the format with defenses and, and, um, and kickers, and then... Just watch him go the, the rest of the, of the weekend. You can play for as little as $35. You want to play in the $200 10-team entry. Uh, the winner of that 10-team will get a free um, entry into the 2023 FFPC main event where you can play for a million bucks there. So uh, very exciting. MyFFPC.com is where to sign up for that. I do believe we have the Week 11 stuff already open there if you want to register. A um, couple of um, housekeeping notes. So this was a bonus episode this week. Uh, we will be doing the regular ten nine Central Rotoviz high stakes slowdown tomorrow night with a guy who's been on the program before, Rob Abbott, who's got a team in contention uh, in the football guy, or uh, beg your pardon, the FFPC main event um, in the top twenty, I believe. So we will talk with him tomorrow. Uh, coming up on Wednesday on the Better Sports Network, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show will be myself. Uh, from uh, 10 p.m. all the way up until midnight Eastern, myself and football guys, uh, Drew Davenport will be my co-host on that program. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Friday night, Rob Sussman, who is who has a top 10 team in the Football Guys Players Championship. He will join myself and Farrell Elliott at 10, 9 Central on Friday. And I'm still working on getting together a bonus episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week uh, because there are no – FFPC shows uh, Thanksgiving week because my lovely wife decided to schedule a vacation for us um, during a pretty important season, uh, part of the season. So no shows next week, which is why we're doubling up on everything this week. So with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I will see you right here at 10, nine central tomorrow on the RotoViz high stakes, low down.
1: at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com/podcast.
0: Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around.